What's up, FA Nation? I'm Matt Sells, and that's right. I'm leading off the NASCAR podcast this week. Uh, it's a week off here for Dan Malin. He's got some NFL draft coverage coming up on Thursday. Uh, don't worry, he'll have you covered for the truck race uh, this weekend at Kansas. Uh, but joining me tonight, so it's not just a solo of me going on for a half hour, uh, is Ed Rouse. We're bringing him back. So uh, how are you doing this week? Man, I'm doing great. It's a crazy week in sports, right? We got the NFL draft, one of the most uh, energetic NFL drafts I can remember in recent times. But most importantly, we got NASCAR again once again this weekend after a great Talladega race that was very, very entertaining. I mean, how can you not like the Bushy McBush Race 400? Yep, that's this week's race at Kansas. And uh, before we had to deal with any questions, it was a fan vote. I mean... You know, <laughs> it's the internet, right? Count on the NASCAR fans to call it the Bushy McBush. I'm sure that Bush Beer wanted this name. I'm almost positive that that's what they were hoping for when they put it up for a fan vote. Um, but yes, it's the Bushy McBush Race 400 at Kansas Speedway. Um, happening about two and a half hours south of me. Unfortunately, I could not secure tickets fast enough. Um, otherwise, I would have been there. Still looking to go in October. Um, Heck yeah. When when they return in the playoffs here for Kansas. So, um, but yeah, let's talk about Talladega a little bit. That was a pretty entertaining and relatively calm Talladega race. Aside from Joey Logano. Who I was sure... going to say, except for the Fast and the Furious 5 clip we right. got live. Right. Like Logano yeah. flipped completely upside down. That was uh, pretty scary. Um, the, luckily... view, the view from Bubba's car was absolutely incredible. It looked like. Like, like I said, a Fast and the Furious movie. It was insane. Yeah, listening to the spotters called go, I don't know, man, just go through it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like, there's nothing he can do, right? So, yeah, that was insane. It, it, um, it, was, it, was, it was awesome to watch, but at the same time, I, I'm glad Joey's okay. Uh, Team Penske, one of my favorite teams. So, But, yeah, that was, yeah, ins- and, that was insane. And we have an update on Derek Lancaster, who is the ARCA driver, who was oh, yeah, in that, that was... fiery crash oh. on Saturday. Um, according to his wife, we are recording this on Wednesday evening. According to his wife, earlier on Wednesday, he was taken off the ventilator and he's starting oh, nice. to recover. He has, uh, I believe, second and third degree burns yeah. in two different pot- parts of his body, his neck um, and his uh, his neck and his arms. Yeah. Oh, and uh, a few months ago, he almost died in a crash at Kingsport. I think it's Kingsport uh, Speedway. He got a hairline basilar skull fracture, which, if you're not familiar with, is the exact injury that killed Dale Earnhardt Sr. at Daytona in 2001. Um, so, yeah, you know, speedy recovery for Derek Lancaster. Glad he's doing better. Glad Joey Logano is doing better. I do have to say, though, him talking about how he's sick of racing at <laughs> these plate tracks because yes, of the kind of racing yes, it involves. Yes. Is a little bit, uh, how do we want to put this, hypocritical for Joey Logano, who also, by the way, caused the wreck that cost his teammate the win at the Daytona 500. He and Brad Keselowski are the two biggest late blockers in plate races that you can imagine. Um, they're either going to win it or they're going to wreck it, it seems like, at this point. So I get his point that... You know, I don't know. He believes the really big-ass spoiler, in his words, is causing the problem. (laughs) But we had these huge wrecks without the big spoiler. Every package we've had since the inception of these tracks uh, 
has been dangerous. So if you don't want to race there anymore, then you're going to kick off Daytona and Talladega from the cup schedule? I don't think so. Yeah, no, I, Joey no, I, Logano yeah, I, should just learn to you know block on time. Well, I mean, you, like you got the short tracks, you got the 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 road courses, and and you got the play tracks. I mean, the long the long courses. That's part of the game. You you right. got to be you got to have a car, and you got to be a good racer at all at all of them, or all four of them really, in order to be to win. And if you can't do it, that's part of the game. So I kind of disagree with that statement. Um, he was probably just frustrated from probably flipping over and almost dying, but um, I'm not trying to stick up for him, but I mean, come on. Be yeah, good at it. I mean, the, the, in fairness, this one wasn't necessarily his fault because Denny Hamlin did kind of get a little wonky on he his was, rear bumper he and was spun him. all over the place all, all the, <laughs> the whole time. Um, but it's nothing new to see a Penske driver crashing out at a plate race because they blocked late. So the sentiment right there is a little... It, is not necessarily genuine, but um, the end of the race, Matty D comes super close again. Uh, probably should have just stayed in front of Brad Keselowski um, and not gift him a massive opening at a track he's won at now six times, which, by the way, ties him with Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt Jr. as the second most wins at Talladega behind Senior with 10. That's a good um, list to be on. That's yeah, <laughs> that's a great list to be on. Um, so yeah, Keselowski gets his first win of the season. Uh, stupid me. I put him as the cover of my wager alarm, best bets piece going off at 10 to one. And then I was so out of it on Sunday morning, trying to get a bunch of different stuff done that I forgot to bet him. Um, uh, when you told me that my re- reaction, you couldn't see it because you told me on message, but I went, Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I bet literally everybody else in the article, except <laughs> I forgot to bet Brad Keselowski and I didn't realize that until after the race. So I was a little bit upset there. Um, but let's move on to Kansas. We yeah. have one of my favorite mile and a half tracks on the schedule this it's week. A good one. Um, why is it my one of my favorite mile and a half tracks? Well, it kind of goes along with uh, Homestead. You got a little bit of tire wear as a concern here at Kansas. It's a wider track than most of the other mile and a halves. It also has multiple grooves for racing. So if your car is good anywhere, you can make passes all day long, make you know, drive the high line, drive the middle line, drive the low line. Um, it's a little shallower in the corners banking wise than say like a Las Vegas, um, is so that also leads to a wider racetrack as well. Um, and this also tends to be a pretty wild one. There tends to be Mm -hmm. a decent amount of crashes, uh, at Kansas, um, not to the degree that Daytona or Talladega bring, um, but there tends to be a pretty decent amount of crashes here at, at Kansas. So, uh, I tend to enjoy watching these Kansas races. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I enjoy Kansas. I, and I told myself before I was doing this podcast, I wouldn't do any Wizard of Oz references, but it's probably <laughs> going to happen. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, no, I love Kansas. I loved it last year. Um, it was it was fun to watch. And um, looking at, at all the stats, everything from track history, from all the racers and the lineup this week is insane. Because of the way that they pick them now with the pandemic and everything without qualifying. It's going to be a very interesting race, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, touching on that, transitioning here a little bit into strategy. So, 
obviously we're still not doing qualifying and practice uh, at this one because you know they race Kansas pretty frequently. We'll have qualifying and practice uh, in a few weeks when we get to Coda Circuit of the Americas because it's a new track. Uh, also Nashville will have qualifying and practice. The Coke 600 will also have that, and you know down through the summer we'll have some more. Um, and then they also announced that they expect to have practice and qualifying back in 2022. Good. When we get the Gen 7 car also making its debut. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So now they set the qualifying order based on a formula that involves, in part, your last race finish, uh, where you are in driver points, where you are in owner points, where your fastest lap ranked in the last race, which is a little unfortunate because it's Talladega and everybody has fast laps at Talladega. <laughs> um, and then they put it all together and and come up with this point system. And then the guy with the you know lowest points is on the pole, and the guy with the most points is you know further on back in the pack. So uh, because of that, we see Brad Keselowski on the pole. William Byron is on the outside pole. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a little. Goofy again, because Michael McDowell starting third, which is about where he started in the second race of the year after winning at Daytona. Uh, Kevin Harvick is fourth. The Benedetto's fifth, right? So kind of a goofy top five. And then you got people that crashed out at Talladega are starting real far back in the pack. Way far back. And Remember, expensive. Kyle Larson didn't even make four laps before his engine blew up at Talladega. Uh, so he is starting 32nd. Uh, Joey Logano starting 29th. You got Kurt Busch there in 28th. Eric Jones is 27th. Bowman is 25th. Um, So, yeah, we were talking before we started recording here that I feel like this is setting up to be like the October 2019 Kansas race. Because in that one, about 15 cars failed tech inspection and they disallowed the qualifying times. So the guys all moved to the back of the field. And we're counted as starting there. So you had Denny Hamlin starting 23rd. Kevin Harvick mm-hmm. started 40th. Chase Elliott started in the back of the pack. And if you hear snoring in the background, that's my 65-pound dog that's asleep and snoring on the couch. Um, God bless him. Just just not going to be able to stop. She's, just a, she, she, she's snoring like a freight train. Oh, she, yeah. uh, it'll be like white noise in the background by the time we're done here. Um, and so you had a bunch of cars starting in the back, and the trick with that one was... Picking the right chalk, right? Because everybody's starting in the back this week again. We're going to have to pick the right chalk to really stand a chance. Who do I think is going to be the highest played guy? I think it's going to be Kyle Larson. Uh, Yeah, he's starting 32nd. The car has been fast except for when it's blown up at Talladega. And then Richmond is just a bad race for Hendrick Motorsports to begin with. True. Despite the fact that they won at Richmond, sort of. I mean, they did, but, like, it wasn't a dominating showing, right? Um, Kansas has been a very good track for Kyle Larson in the past. He moves up on average nine spots here uh, under normal circumstances. Now he's starting 32nd with a very fast car that has been very good at mile-and-a-half tracks this year. Um, And DraftKings and FanDuel fully expect him to be highly played, too. because Except for the last 10 laps. That's true. (laughs) <laughs> but that's true but yeah he, he i fully expect kyle larson to be the highest played driver this week and probably be close i agree with you on that one i think he will be because he's starting so far back um 
uh, like another guy starting far back too, not as far back, but Denny Hamlin, yep. who is a, you know five hundred less than him, and way less, like a couple grand less than him on uh, Fanduel, is starting what twenty first, twentieth, yeah, twenty, and um, I mean he's won two of the last three here, yeah, and, and and he's the points leader. He always ends up in the top five. He hasn't won yet. Could this be the week? I don't know. But it's looking like uh, that's a great play, too, for, for a little bit less. It's going to be hard to get both of them in, in your lineup without playing some of these uh, guys we'll talk about later. But um, my favorite is Danny Hamlin, especially for if 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 Lars is going to be the highest owned guy and you're playing a GPP, then Hamlin may be the guy you want to put all your yeah, I mean, that's that's true. So Larson is going to be essentially a must-play in a cash game, right? I don't think you're going to win in a cash game without Larson in your lineup. It's possible, that, yeah. but you, I think, massively improve your chances of winning with Larson in a cash game. In a tournament, it's a little more wide open, right? Because the idea is to really win at a tournament, you got to be contrarian and it's got to hit, right? You're never going to win with... You almost never see anybody win a GPP with, like, four dudes owned higher than 40%, right? That that just doesn't really happen. Um, Not saying you can't win money at a GPP by playing a strong cash game lineup. You absolutely can. But if you really want to take it down, you've got to have some differentiation. And so Denny Hamlin probably still going to be pretty highly played because of how consistent he's been. He's been in the top five in every race except for two now, Talladega. And uh, Homestead are the only two in which he did not finish in the top five. Um, he's been pretty good um, at mile and a half. Not quite as, like, Denny Hamlin's real points have come on the flat tracks, like Phoenix and Martinsville and Richmond. Um, he's been decent at mile and a half tracks. But he's also been very good at Kansas recently with two wins in the last three races here. So, um those two guys are the top two plays this week, in, in, in my opinion. Um, Same here, yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, starting guys in the top ten is a pretty decent bet at Kansas. Um, seven of the last ten races here have been won by drivers starting in the top ten. Nine of the last ten have been won by drivers starting in the top 13. So if you're looking to get the guy who's going to win the race pretty decent shot it's going to be there the one guy that didn't was denny hamlin starting 23rd in 2019 (laughs) so he's starting 20th this week got some big name dudes who have been pretty good at mile and a half tracks starting back there yeah you you can make a case that the winner's going to come from outside the top 25 this 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 week yeah a very good good case with the starting spots i mean you have true x2 starting down more than he he would um and, you know, Chase Elliott starting really low. I know he hasn't been as good as he was in the playoffs last year so far this season. But, I mean, where he's starting, there's a, you know, especially for GPP, Chase Elliott may be really lowly owned this week. So I'm kind of looking at him as, as, a, as a caveat to my um, Denny Hamlin. And uh, it's very interesting. But I want to talk to you about who's starting on the poll and Brad Keselowski. Um, like you say, the the top ten normally win here, and right. I'm looking I'm looking at the the top ten, and half of them to me are a wash, right? Yep. Um, Matt Benedetto, 
you know, Michael McDowell, uh, Emily, Cole Custer. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's just inside the top ten. Yeah, so it's it's like, and you, and you got Kyle, the Kyle Bush conundrum, as I call it now. Yep. God, I keep on playing him in my GPPs, and he just never, ever, like, when does he ever? He's got to turn it around at some point, right? Will, will he? I don't know. B man, right? Like, ah, it's so, he's so frustrating, but on DK, he's only 8,600 yeah. this week. So he's so tempting in that top 10 spot. Um, That's like the lowest I've seen him in a while, too, 8,600. Yeah, it's a pretty low price total there for for. You got to take it. You got to take a chance on him at that price. I mean, right? he's only ten five on Fanduel too, so he's just above the average yeah. price on Fanduel. Yeah, <laughs> you got to take a chance on. Him. I mean, he he doesn't have the best of history at this track, but good enough to take a chance on him. I mean, Jesus for eighty six hundred and ten yeah. five. I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, but Brad Keselowski, how do you feel about him this week? I feel pretty decent about. Keselowski, um, he's got a win here recently. He's got three top fives in the last four races here. Um, he hasn't necessarily been the most dominant guy here, right? Like you hear three top fives. Oh, he must be hanging around the top five all the time running up front. Well, he's only averaged 12 and a half laps led per race in the last four and just under 18 fastest laps per race in the last four. So it's not like he's been dominant. The win here was a late was a late pass for the lead. I think it was in overtime, if I'm not mistaken. That's what he uh, does, though. That's what he does, right? Like, at this point, we were talking about this in the chat on Sunday. Can we call it luck at this point when it happens this often? I don't think so. I think it's a skill at this point that he just hangs around and knows how to get his car where it needs to be at the end of the race. Um, so, yeah, and the pole sitters here tend to lead um, more than 100 laps a race, typically speaking. Um, in the races dating back to 2013, um, more than half the time the pole sitter has led more than 100 laps. Um, now, the last two times they haven't, which was last the two races here last year, that also didn't have practice, right? So it's something to kind of to weigh. Do we take the track history of the pole sitter leading laps or do we take recency bias? With no practice, guys don't necessarily know exactly what they have. Um, because that being said, the two races last year, laps led were kind of spread out. Mm -hmm. If you look at the two races last year, there was not really one dominant car. Guys led for 50, 60, 70 laps at a time and then, you know, kind of fell back a little bit. Um, so... In some sense, in some GPP builds, I'm going to go for one guy leading more than 100 laps of the 267. And then in others, I'm going to kind of hope that I get a smattering of guys to lead 50, 60 laps, kind of like we saw last year. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, what I see and, like, what I'm already seeing is that a lot of people are going to be going for the uh, place differential, right? Yes. Points. But dominator points, I think, are, are going to be highly not highly regarded in this race. And I'm kind of looking at this top 10, you know, Ryan Blaney, of course, Blaine Attic, uh, Kevin Harvick, um, and even William Byron, who's been really good this year, constantly, like, and he seems to be under-owned every week. And just kind of maybe in a GPP format, not in a cash game, obviously, 
but go for these dominator points to see if I could actually like go against the full because of all these big names starting so low. I think this is a good week to actually chase the dominator points. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I would agree. And you have some guys that, you know, I'm going to say Kevin Harvick, right? And you're going, oh, yeah. well, why I love is he week. under the radar? Well, have you seen what he did this year? Right? He led at Talladega last weekend. That Everyone was the did. first time since the Daytona 500 that he had led laps. Oh, jeez. Right? Like, he led 17 laps of the Daytona 500. Those were the laps led he had coming into Talladega for the season. Okay? This is a track he's typically done well at. Now, we've said that before about Atlanta and Phoenix, and he let us down. However, the guy now has eight top tens this year mm-hmm. in ten races. So, he's finishing pretty decently high. And in 9100 bucks, you don't need him to do really anything in terms of fastest laps if he can stick inside the top five he's basically going to come close to hitting value for you right there I, so I, I agree with that completely and the more and more we're talking right now and i'm looking at all this i really like in a gpp i'm not talking about cash games obviously you want larson you want hamlins you want logano's in your cash but in gpps i think this is a week to chase dominators when nobody's going to be kind of looking at that and um I, i'm liking what we're talking about right now and and and, and even william byron at nine five on FanDuel and eight eight is a good. He'll be low owned. Yep. For for your GPPs and he's guys and women. He has been fantastic and consistent this year. And at that price, he could if he leads what? How many laps? Fifty. Uh, at that price, at eighty eight hundred bucks on DK five X would be forty four points. He's starting second, so. That's 42 right there. Yeah. Right? Like, and if he just finishes second, that's 42 points. Yeah. And then how many laps can he possibly lead to on top of that and fastest laps and all, all that combined? I mean, right. that's that's a diamond in the rough right there for a GPP win at 8,895 on FanDuel. And I'm he's not got saying... two top tens here in the last two races, which yeah. happened last year without practice. The guy showed up. Car was good to go. And the Rudy Fugel uh, crew chief move for him this year has been phenomenal. Because yeah. I'll harken back to what I said before the season. It was a reason why I was kind of sneaky on William Byron. Rudy Fugel was his crew chief when he won the truck champ, when he won like five races in the truck series uh, back in what, 2017, 2016, somewhere in there. That um, was a baby. It's been really fruitful for William Byron to have Rudy Fuel as his crew chief. Um, so, yeah, that's a sneaky play. There are guys in the top ten we are not fans of this week. Michael McDowell. <laughs> yeah, nope. Number one Be guy. Gone. Yep. Uh, Matt DiBenedetto, mile and a half, are still not his strong suit. And this Never. specifically is not been good to Matt DiBenedetto. Um, Austin Dillon. Yeah. I could probably roll with in a GPP. I'm not playing him in cash. I'm done with him in GPPs this year. He has just not really shown up. Uh-uh. Because I mean, he's been better at mile and a half tracks than he has on other ones. Um, and the price is just right there to make me think about it. Probably not the highest guy on my list, though. Ryan Blaney is a very interesting case to me this week. He always is, right? Yeah, I mean, that's true. I feel like I say that more about Ryan Blaney than almost any of the other like top 10 guys. Um, 
he's been fast, right? We've seen the Penske cars do pretty well at mile and a half this year. Mm-hmm. But this has not been his best track. Yeah. In the last in the last few trips here, right? He's got an average finish of twentieth. He's dropping back about twelve, thirteen spots a race. Guess what? He's starting like seventh or eighth this week. Uh so if he's starting seventh and drops back thirteen spots, that's his average finish of twentieth, right? So um that's not exactly setting that's up. not that's not gonna happen unless he crashes out. Let's put it that way. That's... Yeah, but that's happened more than it should have here, right? But he also has four top tens in his eight trips here, so he's capable of finishing in the top ten. That price is just high enough to make me really have to think about Blaney at ninety five hundred on DK and ten grand on Fanduel. I mean, I already have a lineup with him in it. I play him well, every year, or I'm sorry, every week. I do a Penske stack every week for a GPP with Kozlowski, Logano, and Blaney every week, and then kind of fill in. So you I are also Blaney the uh, president of the Fresno chapter of the Ryan Blaney Appreciation Society. I, I am, indeed. Me me and my daughter, who's two, right. she loves Ryan Blaney. I actually have a Ryan Blaney shirt for her that I ordered from Fanatics, NASCAR Fanatics, that's coming for her so she could rock it when I watch um, the race. But yeah, no, I think this is kind of a sneaky spot for him. Normally, he's like in the 23 to 30% owned. It's right. been most of the year. I think he'll be lower owned this week only because of the big name starting below him and yeah. i think th- i think this is the week I-, I think whoever whoever wins the dk 100k will have blaney um in his lineup and and, and that's an edward ralph special right there that's bold call all right i'll put it in the playbook as the edward ralph special <laughs> that? i mean and and who's going to be surprised that i picked ryan blaney right, that exactly but right? actually william, william byron is actually my um now that is is my favorite for GPP uh, play of the week. And yeah, I mean, and so to finish off the top 10 here, we got Christopher Bell, Kyle Busch, Cole Custer, and we'll go to Tyler Reddick too. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel about really any of those guys. I mean, obviously Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch already at, at his lowest price I've seen in what a year and a half. Yeah. Um, One thing I will say is that Kyle Busch is in the truck race this weekend. Uh, he's starting second, so kind of get ready for that. He's going to lead a bunch of laps unless um, I'm so his, sick, uh, I'm sick of these guys being in the truck races and just not allowing me to make a good lineup. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kyle Busch is going to be prohibitively expensive in the truck race. Um, his employee is starting on the pole, who's beaten him twice now uh, in the truck series. So okay. that should be, yeah, that should that should be pretty inter uh, entertaining. He does kind of sort of get a practice run, but we've seen in the past that it hasn't really helped him so far this year. Trucks are so different than the Cup yeah. Series, man. It's it's not even the handling, everything about yep. it. It's not even close. So the only thing he's really getting is, a, I guess, kind of a feel for a track, but it's in a vehicle that's nothing like the car uh, that he's driving on Sunday. So that everybody in this race has raced plenty of times. Yeah. Um. Another guy that I'm usually on, but I'm off this week, is Ryan Newman. Uh, yeah, he's a staple of the um, um, cash games, right? You, you always, yeah. Cash game, you, the first person you always put in <laughs> week after week is Ryan Newman. Yeah, but, so but it, this, it, this is just not a good spot for him. He's starting in the mid-teens. He typically does not run very well here. Uh, he's got zero top 20s in the last four races. Um, his PD is minus fifteen point three in the last four. 
Yeah, he's only got uh, one top 20 finish, and that was 11 through 15 in the last eight trips to Kansas. So this is not a good track for Ryan Newman. Um, we're going to be off Bubba Wallace again yep. this week. Not a good track for him. Don't get points for dodging Logano's upside-down car, right? If he, yeah, exactly. If he, then, yeah, but no. He was, he was kind of sort of in play at Talladega, though he typically does better at Daytona than Talladega. Right now, but his team and his racing so far this year has been kind of a disappointment to the hype. And I'm just... Well, you know. so a note about that, because I've seen I've, there's been a lot of Twitter conversation about this uh, this week. And I will say this. He is not getting credit for the finishes he probably should be getting. Um, a couple of those are his fault. I will say that. A couple of those have been uh, pit stop problems. Um, for example, at Phoenix, they made a bad pit stop call late in the race that gave up a top 10 finish to try to get tires that he didn't necessarily need. Um, at Talladega, he was running in the top 10 quite a bit. Yep. Uh, in fact, yeah. he led he laps. Won he won a stage, right? He won the yeah, he second won a stage. stage. Yeah. Um, and then kind of got stuck in a bad spot late uh, where he was in the middle and just like lost spots and then you know um so i will say that if you actually watch the races he is running better than he's getting credit for but unfortunately for dfs we don't get credit for how good he's running mid-race we only get credit for where he finishes so but that being said this is not a track he's typically done well at um and mile and a half have so far been a bit of a struggle for the 23 xi or twenty three eleven yeah. racing, and that's and that's really unfortunate to the racing too. Like I really was had high hopes for him this year, being a a good friend of Ryan Blaney. But hopefully, you know, the team comes through and he ends up, you know. Yeah. So you know, we hinted about this a little earlier in the podcast, um, but it's time to talk about some cheap guys because especially yes. on FanDuel. Um, and DK, although it's more of a problem on FanDuel because you definitely can't fit more than like two dudes on DK. Very true. On FanDuel, you could you could try to get like four dudes above like 12,000 and then just pack in a super cheap dude. Um, you brought up a name to me before the podcast started. Which one? It's, it's Matt Mills. <laughs> Who is Matt Mills? Yeah. And why yes, is he so cheap? Uh, to be honest, I'm gonna have to look this up because I've never, I've never heard of this. Literally, dude. he's starting dead last. So if he doesn't crash and three other drivers do crash out, he creates value already. <laughs> like, right. So he's 5,300 on DK, which I probably wouldn't touch because there's there's cheaper drivers who actually have experience at this track. But on, on Fanduel, but on Fanduel, he's two grand. Right. Like, <laughs> that's. I'm not going to call him a free square because he's not really worth playing. But, like, if you absolutely must, okay, it's free position differential as long as the car doesn't blow up or he doesn't crash. Right? Or if three people crash before him. That's true. That, that could literally happen. Like, it's That's that. true. That, that is true. Um, if he's in a four-person crash and he so happens to be running the highest at the moment of crash, then technically he finishes uh, 30, 30, what, fifth? Five-time value right there. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Austin Sindrick, though, is starting is starting next to him. And we saw Sindrick run pretty decently the last time he was in a cup car. Yeah. Uh, 
Very, and he ran well. pretty decently at Homestead too, which is a similar enough track to Kansas that you can use it as a, a, a you know, in a comparison. Um, the price is pretty reasonable for him yep. at sixty seven hundred on DK and sixty two hundred on Fanduel. Team Penske too. I'm going to have a four player or four driver Penske stack with him in it. There you go. There you go. You can even include if you wanted to play Matt De Benedetto as the satellite Penske car. Except for I'm not high, so. You know, <laughs> you live in California, you're perfectly not high. <laughs> I don't live in Oregon. Come on now. <laughs> or Colorado. That's true. I I do live close to Colorado. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there's, you know, Austin Sindrick is a reasonable guy. He's probably going to be pretty decently played because he's a cheap dude who gives you free position differential. Yeah. Um, so I could see a lot of Larson Cindric stacks going on. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh get two dudes starting thirty second or worse, uh, for a grand total of about eighteen thousand bucks on DK. It's not a terrible deal. Um so yeah, that I mean I, I think that'll pretty well wrap it up this week. Um Well I actually there's one more guy I want to talk about real quick. Oh we got one more guy from Mr. And it's Rouse. not Ricky. It's not Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Eighty-two hundred on. I will DK say Stenhouse has been remarkably consistent. Yeah, but eighty-two hundred. But that, that's not who I want to talk about. We all know how I feel about Stenhouse. If he doesn't wreck, then he's Ricky. So there you go. Um, I want to talk about Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain this year has been very consistent and very well priced. And I'm looking at his stats for this track, and it's actually not bad. Um, where he's starting. Uh, 6,500 on DK, 5,500 on FanDuel. Ross Chastain has been so consistent this year in almost every race, um, except for, of course, the the road course. But that's a whole different animal. But yeah, I mean, if you actually you... take out the dirt race, he's yeah. posted between 32 and 37 DK points in each okay. of the last four. All right. And I've been kind of not playing him, which means this week I will because I'm going to, and he's going to be terrible. But I mean, how you feel about him as like a lo- a low cost option like i said 65 55 ross chastain has been consistent are, are you playing him this week um yeah i'm probably gonna look at him i mean at homestead he finished 17th now he did start 30 seconds so he got a little bit more pd yeah, yeah. there than he will at kansas but 17th is nothing to sneeze at he put up 41 points a bunch of that was you yeah, know, that's all you need that from 6500 though that's all you need right there though but if we look at some other ones right last week at talladega started 18th finished 16th i'm not really going to count the four fastest laps because everybody gets fastest laps at talladega but he Plate did race. lead 12 yeah. laps which was Plate impressive race. yeah um toyota owners 400 so that was richmond started 18th finished 15th two fastest laps 32 oh. points at six grand um at Martinsville, started 27th, finished 17th. That's 36 mm-hmm. points at, thir- at 6300 bucks. Not going to count the Food City Dirt Race. That was a wild card yep. race. Larson blew up his engine, for God's sakes, at that race. Um, the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500, which was Atlanta, started 21st, finished 14th, had three fastest laps. It's 37 points at $6,000. So Sorry. far, so far, I'm looking pretty good right now by Ross Chastain. Yeah, telling. so he's definitely been pretty consistent. Um, he may not have the top 10s that stick out, but he certainly got top 20s. Uh, for his price, for, I mean, come for on. For sure. That's... He's finished 16th, 15th, 17th, 14th, 19th in the last five Mount reasonable half. races, right? We took out the, the, the dirt race um, yeah. deal. And then he finished 23rd and 17th. So he's got... 
by my count, that's what seven top twenties in the last eight races or something like that. Six in the last seven. Um, that's that's not bad. I was running good, man. I'm telling you, Ross Chastain, low owned, and I think the guy who and by the way, Kyle Larson put up his stats at Kansas in the 42 car, right? Yeah. So yep, correct. Team knows how to set up the car to run well here. Uh, uh, low play of the week is is for me, Ross Chastain. Uh, uh, put on the board, man. Like look at the consistency. You cannot overlook that. Yep, it's it's. Pretty hard. You could do, let's see, Austin Sindrick, Ross Chastain. Let's get some Kyle Larson in there. That leaves you 8500 bucks per driver for the last three in a cash game build right now. William Byron. <laughs> Byron. I'm fine with that at 8800 bucks. Yeah. Uh, now we got an 8350 average, which is exactly where we started when we started this build. Christopher uh, Bell and Kyle Busch. Boom. You want Christopher Bell and Kyle Busch in a cash game? I like Christopher Bell. We didn't really talk about Christopher Bell much in, in the top 10 today, but I like Christopher Bell. I'm going to leave right. Denny Hamlin on that one, and that gives me 5900 So what cheap okay. do you go for? Hey, look, Matt Mills. No, not really. Just... <laughs> uh, Ch- uh, Chase Briscoe in that price point. Chris Buescher, oh, just we didn't talk about. We Briscoe is six grand, so I'm going to need a buck. Uh, but you know, you get the idea. You can you can put together a pretty dang good cash lineup there. Um, oh yeah, six grand. LaJoy. I'm just kidding. Don't play LaJoy. Please. <laughs> Please don't I'm going like to drive you nuts and put Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in my cash game build at eighty two hundred bucks. I'm not going to play it. <laughs> you know me though. I guys, I'm a GPP only player when it comes to, to NASCAR. Dan, the man. And the man Matt sells are the are the guys you want to go go for 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 cash games. So yeah, Dan plays more GPPs than cash, and I probably play a little bit more. I mean, I play more cash than any of the three of us. I'm playing more GPPs this year, um, but this this is going to be a pretty heavy cash game race, simply because of the PD upside we have. Um, so to cover the schedule, you know, the pod will be out obviously, and then we've got. Track breakdown coming out Thursday. Probably going to get buried behind all the draft content we've got coming out all right. uh, for NFL. Go uh, to it, guys. Draft content on Fantasy Alarm. We got the best uh, what draft tracker. We're, we're going to be live tweeting the whole time. And yep. right afterwards, getting buzzed with Howard Bender. I cannot wait. The inaugural episode live stream right after the first round. Check it out on FantasyAlarm.com. Getting buzzed with Howard Bender. Yeah, and then we'll have the DFS rankings and projections out on Friday for the cup race. Malin will have his truck playbook out. Um, I have to double-check on the schedule on that one exactly when. But Kyle Busch will be in his truck playbook? I don't know. Do you? I don't know. He's been a little leery about putting Kyle <laughs> Busch in the, in the truck playbooks recently simply because of the price that Kyle Busch is. And I'm checking like now. I- Want to win so bad? He's doing so many truck races just to get a win. Like, what is he doing? Yeah, uh, prices are out for the truck race, and Kyle Busch is fifteen thousand dollars. So he's actually not as prohibitively priced as I thought. Um, to give you an idea, though, Ross Chastain is the second most expensive dude, starting thirty first in the starting thirty fourth in the truck race, and he's twelve thousand dollars. Not so the cup race, though, baby. So there you go. There's there's a little bit of a but I would presume at fifteen thousand dollars that Kyle Bush would be in Dan Malin's truck playbook. Yeah, and and fifty percent owned in every contest. Probably because he's gonna leave he's starting second. 
that equipment's really good. He's going to lead a bunch of laps. Um, probably get his first truck win of the season. Uh, put him at, what, I don't know, 202 for his career or something between all three series. Um, and then Playbook will be out uh, on Saturday from myself. I have the MLB Value Vault to also do on Saturday. Um, and then it will be the return of the core plays this week. I did not do core plays last week for Talladega because it's kind of right. pointless to do core plays no need to at do a late track. Um, so core plays will be back this week uh, for both series. Um, and so that's your rundown there for uh, for Kansas. And then, you know, we'll, we'll in a couple of weeks, we'll after I digest the format for the All-Star Race, we oh, God. can talk about that because I need a PhD in abacus and a, and <laughs> oh, a fourth of strings. What is going on for that? That is insane. Yeah, I don't know, even... but it's also, by the way, going to have the same package on it that Daytona and Talladega does, which I guess is the only way to make a Texas race a good race, is to turn it into a plate track, <laughs> essentially. It, it, it was like, what, six rounds of like... There's six rounds. Laps. They it's, randomly it's... draw the first round and then they invert the second round and then the third round is inverted based on random draw. And then the fourth round is, I don't know. And then somehow for the final 10 lap shootout in round six, you get some points set up from where you started in the previous five rounds. And the guy with the lowest points, it's out of control. It's out of control. It's, it's nuts. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not lights on them and let them drive the, the short track. That's all you gotta do. Um, I'm telling you right now, I'm not doing DFS content for the all-star race i typically have done it in the past not doing it this year because that it, it's ridiculous oh, yeah um but yeah that'll wrap up the the kansas podcast uh dan malin will be back on the pod next week i would presume unless something else pops up um but yeah if you got any questions for us in chat always hit us up we'll be there basically all weekend um and yeah, let's uh, let's finish in the green here, FA Nation. Yeah, and I will not be on next week. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding. Love you guys. Love FA Nation. Matt, thanks for having me on, and uh, I'll look forward to hearing Dan next week with you. Sure thing, and let's hope that the uh, Rouse specials pay off here. He gave you three William of them. Byron, baby! William Byron. He gave you three of them there. So. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, Ross Chastain, William Byron, Ryan Blaney, you know. Yeah. There you go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna build a core play around that. <laughs> you should. It's gonna be a core play right there. Do it. All, all right. right. We will. We will talk to you all next week.